crowd has gone insane. And Savoia is eating into his lead again. This happened last year. And up the inside, Angoro, superb. Oh, he's Fence Mayfield. And they go forward again. Oh, he's upside down. He's upside down. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 9 of The Starting Grid, the official podcast of the RCGP series. This week, joining me is the mystery man himself, the manager of marketing. I probably have that wrong. Mr. David Isherwood. What's up, David? How are you? Hey, Keenan. I'm good, thanks. Did yeah, I... It's managing... I think the website says managing director. Okay. Um, but uh, a title doesn't necessarily mean a great deal but yes i'm I'm helping out yes well welcome to the podcast david obviously we know each other we've met before um and i'm glad you finally came on the podcast dude because i've been trying to get you on here for a while yeah um you know joseph is the more um um public figure i think Mm -hmm. so i've been keeping my head down and uh just doing what needs to be done in the background but um yeah, you, you've asked me a couple of times, so uh, with a couple of um, events under our belts, uh, you twisted my arm this time. Yes, the uh, round, rounds three and four in Austrian fairing were awesome. Uh, I enjoyed the coverage. I was able to sit down and actually focus and watch it this time well, live when I did wake up because it was a few hours behind me. I thought it was great racing. I thought the event went off without a hitch. I wasn't there. I don't know. But it looked like everybody was smiling, having fun. Everybody, Obviously, you can't make everybody happy, but that's how things go. You never will make everybody happy in racing, so in life, period. But for me, it looks like a great event. Uh, we will get Joseph on later on in this podcast to, to do a race. We'll, all, all three of us will do a race analysis. But I want to kind of introduce uh, the RC world to you. So let's start off with you. Tell us. A little bit about yourself, like how you got into RC and your background in RC. Uh, well, I got into RC many, 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 many years ago. Um, a friend of mine had a uh, Tamiya holiday buggy. And like the first time they came around, I think they'd been re-released. So I was, I don't know, seven, eight, ten years old. And I just thought it was the coolest thing I'd ever seen. So pestered my parents, um, you know, said that I would forego I don't know, eight Christmases in a row or something, if I could just have one of these these, these style of cars or these build-your-own RC cars rather than a sort of straight-out-of-the-box thing. And, yeah, that, that started it. Once, uh, once I had a car, I was um, just really interested in then. I suppose it was 10th-scale uh, electric off-road. Um, and then that transitioned in my sort of second uh, sort of visit to RC with uh, eight scale. So really, of course, I've done. I mean, even when, even when I was racing, I was a bit. Of, but um, racing's really all that interested me. So um, you know, I appreciate the other forms, and everybody can can do you know whichever part of it they prefer. But racing tenth scale off road or primarily eight scale off road was. Uh, was you know was my interest so that that's kind of how i got into the hobby i suppose okay good stuff so how long have you actually been involved in rc roughly well start to finish i guess 35 years that's Um, a long time but well i guess so i mean i've always been interested but there was a long Mm -hmm. gap in the middle um yeah, so... Where did you uh, used to race? Just sorry to get back. Well, I've, I know you started racing in the UK. Where did you use... What, what's some of your favorite places to race in the UK back in the day? 
oh golly, back in the day, we had a local track uh, near where I lived, which a local hobby shop, of course, mm -hmm. um, sort of got started. And then there were one or two tracks locally um, during a phase when, I don't know if it was international, but certainly uh, in England, there was a thing called the Tamir Challenge. Right. So you, you basically had to run a, my recollection is you had to run a Tamir and it was either stock or modified. And I think the only modified thing was you could run another Tamir motor. Um, I just ran um, the sort of standard class. And that was my introduction to sort of much bigger, sort of more formal racing rather than just regular little club meetings. But um, yeah, I suppose I've been involved quite a while, but big gap in the middle and, and have always done it um, just for fun and, and, mm -hmm. and, you know, have really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and then I, I started up again with a couple of friends, I suppose, who gained interest at the same time. And on this occasion, we, uh, we had a go with eight scale. Yeah, it's scale off road. So oh, that's awesome. about it. Awesome. I know you used to do a lot of the neo races and whatnot as well. That's one of that probably the main race you do. Well, had done every year when it was around. Yeah. Well, when, when I was doing eight scale, um, it was with Rob Razy and Adam Lewis, who I used to hang out with, and we did you know sort of local races and one or two nationals. And at the same time, I think Phil was had just started maybe or just previously started the neo in belgium was the first one i think um and then uh, started hosting them at harper adams and you know i went along we went along and uh when i was living in the uk i think i did you know some racing alongside it plus the neo and then i've moved to the united states and just used to travel back every year for the neo and i got down to racing just uh once a year which was a privilege you know to be able to to go to that race um but that would be sort of the largest um or most prestigious uh, race that i was ever involved with and again i was just right down in heat one and um heat one and the the lower finals neo was a four-day race but typically i only made it through three days because i never got into a high enough final to race on on monday but you know Yes, it was a great it was a great event to go to, let it, alone uh, enjoy the track and so on. Yes, it was. Well, unfortunately, I never will get to go to one, but I did get to watch a whole bunch of them through RC Racing TV. Shameless plug. Uh, yeah. So I guess the next question would be, how did you meet uh, Joseph? Well, uh, I met Joseph at the Neo. Mm -hmm. So um, Adam was Adam was friends with Joseph. I think Adam maybe met him at uh, Norway national or something I, i don't quite know the story nordic but anyway, the nordic was, was, the nordic championships or something probably yeah i think yeah. so i think for some reason adam chose to go or or anyway he knew joseph and um you know it was sort of around the time of the was it jq no products mm -hmm. Adam's sort of famous for making that t-shirt or infamous for making that little sticker on the t-shirt yes um and that's you know when joseph was making parts for cars and i think at that time thinking about a car and Yeah, just hanging out at the Neo and chit-chatting. That's that's how I met him. Okay. What did you think of Joseph when you first met him? Um, I, I don't know, really. I don't think I knew any Finnish people, so I didn't know, <laughs> I didn't know what to expect. But yeah. I, just took him, I just took him to be of his country and of his culture. Mm -hmm. So, like, you know, fairly dry and, and not talking too much and... That and sounds that about right. Thing, so. That sounds about right. He's he's he for a guy who's dry and don't talk too much, he definitely does talk too much sometimes. So uh well but that's Joseph. Okay, so obviously you guys started a relationship there, but how did that in lead to the whole RCGP thing? Honestly, I don't exactly remember, and depending on you know, if you talk to me or him, I just remember Joseph's been vocal about many things, including oh, you know, this is wrong or this is right with races or maybe we should try it this way or maybe we should consider this or we should incorporate that. And so I think I said to him, well, just do a JQ race and then you can do whatever you want and you'll be you'll be kind of happy. And he said, well, no, I'm just a, you know, well, not, I, I'm a car engineer and a driver and brand owner and a chassis maker. I don't want to run a race. And I was like, okay, so, you know, that's fine 
Um, and then sort of two or three months later, he said, you know what, I've been thinking about it or, or whatever the time period, you know, I've been thinking about it. I think we should do this. And it was this series. I don't think it had a name at the time. And he was like, you know, I don't want to do a race because that doesn't that probably won't solve solve things. I want to do a whole series. And mm -hmm. I think that was sort of the really, really early um really early sort of start to the whole thing but that i mean i wasn't focusing on how it started so i don't entirely remember right that's sort of my my recollection but that's the seed planted and i think maybe yeah. but um you should check with him he, he might remember it he might remember it differently yeah yeah so then you guys started when did you okay well better question is when did this you guys say okay this is viable we can do it because i remember I, first hearing about it in 2017 when I first yeah, got involved I, with Joseph? I guess the first serious conversation was probably held around April 17. I think that would be about right. Yeah, it has to be. Um, so, again, I think, um, I mean, time flies, but a sort of a year of sort of casual conversations and then sort of a year of more intensive planning or 18 months or so yeah um that the total period you know talking to to people who we thought might be interested or not uh, as it turned out and and you know getting a, a great team of people together so yeah i would have said um you know the more intensive work was sort of somewhere between 12 to 18 months yeah a lot of people don't un really under they think this just happened there there's lots of work that has gone on in the background for over two years just to make this happen. Uh, a lot of a lot of work, a lot of naysaying, a lot of you know, well lately the naysaying, you know, obviously in the lead up to it. But it's working, it's on, it's going. You just had your second rounds. You're getting ready to go into Italy in what a month and a half. So, you know. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, 2017 there was nothing. 2018 there was a sort of internet based almost fantasy RCGP, uh, 2019, yeah, 17, 18, 19, 19, we have, you know, the first two rounds, 50% of the series done. So, yeah. um, I know there's a lot of, I, you know, Joseph tends to do a lot of social media. I don't really do any. Um, but of course I'm aware that there's a lot of commentary online. Um, but, you know, we're, we're making progress. We, we haven't got everything right. It is ridiculous to think we will get everything right. But we are working, have been working, and continue to work incredibly hard to try and make this a good series. Um, I think uh, it's a little unfair to, you know, sort of call whether we have been successful or not um, based on one weekend of racing or two weekends of racing. But we continue to try um continue you know to to look at every detail and and uh, change and improve as quickly as we can yes of course you got to improve you got to evolve as things go <clears throat> go on uh i know you guys tried something different this week and in fairing some people like it just comes back to you can't please everybody so but you can no, make it, it was it was difficult we were hoping it would sort of be a cut and paste from um, you know, the first event, but with slightly lower numbers um, on IC2, uh, you know, we thought it was right and also an opportunity to try something a little bit different, um, take advantage of the lower numbers to give more value to the RC2 drivers. Um, I think some of them probably really enjoyed it, and I should think some of them probably, you know, would have preferred a, a how should we say, a more normal system of racing. But we gave it a go. And um, if nothing else, they'll have had a, a new experience and plenty of track time to go along with it. Yes, I agree. I agree. So I guess we didn't even really cover your actual role in RCGP. Uh, yeah, well, that's to be defined, really. I think I think I do some of the planning at the sort of um, one end of the scale, and I do some of the, you know, the really sort of who's who's left to do this job at the other end of the scale. So. Um, in the background or the planning, I'm obviously working with Joseph and all our, all our team, you know, Matt and James from Control, Nick and his team from RC Racing TV, uh, Stefan with the timing, uh, Mao for race directing, uh, Chris from 
circusrc.com for photographs and uh, I think as I said obviously Joseph you know to pull all the plans together and all the all the sort of you know background stuff that needs to be taken care of and thought of I'm also talking with um, track owners and and clubs and trying to make sure um, you know we're, we're making we're doing a good job to prepare with them and and so forth and then the race day I'm I've been filling in a little bit um, I do the stickers and the tires and and um, you know posting results and really helping the team to make sure they can be allowed to get on with their jobs so a little bit of everything really I'm not uh, I'm not particularly fussy about my title um, I'm not particularly fussy about what I do just trying to make sure we get everything done um, yeah and that, I suppose that would include you know banners up and down and I spent quite a lot of time in fairing painting curves. It, it depends a little bit on on how and when I can travel, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, a little little bit of everything, whatever's whatever's needed. Yeah, I think when everybody comes together to work hard, <clears throat> make it happen, that the result is what we saw this past weekend. You know. Yeah, I, th- I think so. I think it is. You know, uh, for something as different as this, it's about a belief in it. I think and an alignment with the sort of the cause or the objective um, and how that objective is reached. So, it, it, you know, I'm sorry if I've forgotten anybody, but it's definitely a, a team effort. And, uh, um, you know, we, we couldn't do it without any one of the people or any one of the groups involved and uh, hugely appreciative um, of our team very specifically and, and supporters and attendees and drivers and team managers and, clubs and tracks and those personnel as well so uh yeah team and and some hard work and it's it's taking shape we're not there yet but um yeah i think i think we're beginning to make progress awesome i am looking forward to asti um i appreciate you coming on here as well and finally and and talking it's you know i enjoy talking to you anyway i think uh what you guys are doing is great i mean i'm glad to be somewhat involved in it myself as well, <clears throat> even if it's kind of, you know, just the mouthpiece more or less, one of the mouthpieces of it. But I I love it. And the beautiful thing is, like, I see today uh, that Boots is a little bit upset about him getting hit. Well, Joseph should be upset about getting hit too. But the beautiful thing about it is, the beautiful thing about all of this is that they get to do it all over again in a month and a half. That's why it's a series race, you know? And Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think, um, I think... You know, one of the goals was to get the best drivers in the world driving together more often. And uh, I, I, what I do on a race day doesn't actually necessarily uh, leave me um, to be able to follow the racing too much. So um, sorry if Elliot had a bad experience. Um, but yes, hopefully in Asti, or well, certainly he has another opportunity to, uh, uh, you know, change that. And hopefully things will go much more in his favor um, exactly people on, have to on, understand you know, the next round yeah i get it i mean it, it's that's the beauty of having a series you have we have four more races to go so yeah good stuff yeah i think i think it's perhaps worth bearing in mind i mean um i think one or two of the guys uh in between races were following the formula one in canada and there's a series with you know I, what, what we might imagine to be um, well, I think it's been going 70 years now mm-hmm. and and almost unlimited money and experience. And yet even this weekend, they had quite a lot of controversy, I think, with a steward's decision, which changed the outcome of the race and so on. So, um, of course, there's always going to be dramatic. There's always going to be somebody. I thought what Vettel done was dirty, me personally, but that's OK. Yeah, I, I, I haven't really caught up with it. But all I was going to say was. I'm not for a second comparing us to Formula One. I'm just saying that I think motorsports series um, all face the same issues. And uh, we're certainly learning that very, very quickly, um, trying to put this together. It's a, it's a, it's a tricky combination of, of, um, of things. You know, some you can prepare for and some you can't. And uh, you, you make decisions in the stuff that you react to and, and, and you hope or think at the time that the right decision and then you know, with a bit of reflection, um, that may not be the case, but uh, we keep trying and uh, to improve for everybody involved, no matter whether it's sort of on our side of the ball or, or you know, the track and driver side of the, the event, just trying to, you know, trying to make it fair and fun and enjoyable and better. Yes. Well, I think it's off to a great start. <clears throat> 
Austria was awesome. I'm and like I said, I'm really looking forward to to Asti. I guess it's now time to call up Joseph and uh, let's do a recap of the uh, race in Austria. Okay, cool. Hey, so what's up, Joseph? How you doing? Well, there you go. I win again. I finished seventh. Yeah, oh, you did. I am seventh. I you, am seventh. You like actually I said you actually man on the first the first race on Saturday. I was so gutted for you. You was in third. You was blocking those guys. You was blocking McBride for the longest while. And then I still haven't seen the video, but I kind of know what happened. But uh, yeah, everybody was cheering, was rooting for you. And I was just like, Joseph's going to blow out in three, two, one. And you did it. And I thought you drove well. Very defensive. Hopefully, Mao is a bit more strict in coming races. And yeah. these drivers who don't have any respect for other cars learn to drive a bit better. Yeah, well, <clears throat> I think they need to get some some penalties. I I did see Boots's. Uh, we kind of touched on it with with David earlier. I did see Boots's post today. He's a little bit upset about getting hammered, but I think a lot of people can say the same thing from this race. But you know, the beauty of it all is that you get to do it all over again in a month and a half. So I think all racing people are going to get hit and, and they're going to be upset with different decisions. I can honestly say what happened to you was a, bl a blatant just takeout. But you know. It is what it is, man. You yeah. aren't. You are both, both of them. Okay, I, yeah, but that's racing, unfortunately, you know. And maybe Mao just needs to be. Maybe Mao needs some help for the next race. It's very hard to, to see everything that happens on the track as well. And it's just one of you. All right, so we're gonna do a small, brief recap of the race this weekend, which I thought was really great. You two were both there. I wasn't. I was just watching as a spectator. So. uh why don't uh, we start off with you, Joseph? How did you feel going in uh, with the facility setting up? You was there for a week before then. Yeah, f facility was good and professional, so it was easy to set everything up. They've done big events before, so they know what it takes. And uh, we, we decided to do the opposite of the first race. The first race was very much supercross, lower speed, all jumps, and this was more sort of motocross high speed and less jumps more old school euro track style so yeah i think it 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 gives a bit of a balance to the series so we go to different types of tracks so yeah overall everything was good going in there was a bit of risk of rain but we got lucky and and we didn't have a problem with that either yeah i think it looked amazing uh the way you guys had the banners set up this was definitely a pure old school euro style race right down to the arch bridge which i think we need more arch bridges in in rc because i was watching like ongaro barufalo then guys just floating like they were going so fast once they hit like the top of that just before the top of the arch their wheels were just about touching the 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 bridge just hovering over it and just landing down and just whoop, going on that tile with, ah, it was it was beautiful to see it was super cool and we got we did get a bit lucky with the weather one super heavy shower <clears throat> midweek i think i painted more curbstones than i hoped hoped to ever do again and yeah you're right the um the bridge was cool the the rcgp drivers were just floating sort of millimeters above it sideways uh, when they got into a rhythm it was cool. Yeah. The it the straightaway was pretty like the whole the cars going around the whole track was pretty awesome. I could see why nobody would be able to go really good have really good fuel mileage just so wide open going around that track. I thought it was awesome. I thought the track was very difficult too at times. Like didn't have a lot of jumps, but they were very hard to do constantly. Yeah, the jumps were strange because I I think they weren't really built right. They're built in a way where you can do the track either way, either direction, but you can never really make them good if you do that. So I think that's something they they would need to improve. Yeah, I think so. I think the, the owners look very happy. They put in a lot of work just to even have the race. I think they can take uh, take some of the points and improve to make their track better, better as well. The whole atmosphere looked a lot better. I mean, it was a lot... 
I had some people say, well, I haven't seen anything about RCGP, but if you didn't see anything about RCGP this weekend and you wasn't paying attention because it was everywhere. There was Circus RC was had pictures up every day. You had Felix Bo Rigby, who was doing daily race reports, who, who wrote very well. There was people going live, like with uh, Facebook, doing Facebook lives. Um, Bro Akio was posting away. He was excited to be there. I love, I absolutely love that you guys bought into the school class. I think that was probably the most impressive thing I saw that really, I really liked out of everything. Yeah, I think, Keenan, I think from my perspective, it's interesting that people, people say they can't find the information because, um, you know, we feel like we're doing a decent job putting it out there. But I guess for me, the lesson is, you know, um, we need to do better pushing the information out to people um, by being more efficient with how we use Facebook and Instagram and SmugMug and all these social media things. Um, but I think to a degree, ultimately, you know, people have to want to look for the information, whether it's during the live stream, or, you know, prior to the event or even, you know, after the event to go and search out what happened. I mean, I understand people might be busy doing other things, but... I think it's a you know a bit two-sided. We need to do better, um, but equally, you know, people need to do a little bit of the legwork themselves, possibly. So yeah, I, I I don't know how you couldn't see it. I saw it. I mean, I posted. I was like, a, I was posting everything that we could. I mean, I understand. Like for the American guys, it was a little early. I it started uh, at it started at four a.m. Eastern time, so most people were asleep. I didn't even wake up early to watch the first qualifiers, but I mean, they're all there on YouTube for people to watch. So how about you guys going and how did you feel as, as organizers? Well, Joseph, you as a racer, as well as an organizer, David, you was an organizer over there. How did you guys feel? Did you, you adapted some new things? Did it work? What improvements do you feel you can make going into the next round? Uh, well, the new things were basically for RC2 because the entry count was low. So we, we had two heats of RC2. So they also raced two races, one on Saturday and one on Sunday, just to make it more fun for the people who were there. Because, yeah, why not? We were able to. Mm -hmm. And the RCGP class was basically the same. We used, used the same thing we did for Sunday in Manila, where all four qualifying rounds counted. But... Otherwise, it was the same. And we just tried to improve the coverage a bit with everything we learned from, from Manila. And I think there are some improvements. There are some improvements in the overlay and how we show the results and the website has improved and, and also improvements in the coverage, you know, how the drivers are interviewed before and after the races and stuff like that. Well, And there, there's still a lot of, a lot of improvements to go and that's really for when we have more budget to do it we're, mm -hmm. we're sort of under understaffed in that department so when yes. we have more people then we can do a better job yeah i feel uh i told you this joseph i definitely feel that <clears throat> nick needs somebody to join him and and because he needs like you said he needs to have an analyst there just, just oh i think commentating a race like especially even you look at all racing they usually have two to three commentators so i think somebody to help nick out as well as be able to look at all the stats and just have somebody to bounce and talk with will make it better commentating as well he did a great job uh but i think um definitely need to get another commentator up there the drivers are now a little bit more used to it i would say after just do about well, the drivers who did the philippine the philippine manila rounds they know what to expect, so maybe they're a little bit more comfortable on the in front of a camera now. I know Angaro looked about a lot more comfortable uh, from compared to Manila. His English is really good. We need you know really good. It's I need to get him on the podcast. But um, I thought it was great, man. Otherwise, than that, I, yes, can be room for improvements. But I think the racing was great. Angaro showed some chinks in his armor. Barufalo won a race. Yeah, actually, the Angara thing was interesting because in Manila, it, there was no question, really, at least in my mind. He just was so good. Mm -hmm. But here, he he wasn't. He he didn't really have the fastest laps. He wasn't TQing everything. He wasn't winning all the practices. You know, he was there, but he wasn't superior. 
Mm-hmm. So it looked like maybe someone else can can win now. But yeah, yeah then both days he just yeah he just showed up. <laughs> he showed up. Yes. Uh, I like like David. David had a Ronafalk had a terrible Saturday. I didn't even remember where he finished, but it was near the near the bottom, I believe. Uh, yeah, on Saturday he finished seventh. And people were like, "Oh man, he's having a bad day," and and he did. He had a horrible day, but. And true professionalism, like a true champion, he pulled it all together and he made, I mean, in the end, he ended up finishing, what, five seconds behind Ongaro in the 60-minute main? Yeah, about nine seconds behind, but yeah, he was definitely catching, but I think Ongaro was also playing it safe. Mm -hmm. So he had a good lead and he just maintained that. Okay. All right. How about you, David? Any thoughts on on the racing? Uh, I suppose I, I was going to say also, you know, Manila, a little bit discussion just a moment or two ago, you know, Manila presented certain challenges because it was the first race for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, I think perhaps we were hoping this would be a little bit sort of, um, cut and paste and repeat, but we made improvements and had a lower RC2 entry, as Joseph said. So some of this was new for us as well. So, um, Hopefully we didn't make the same mistakes again, but we probably made a whole bunch of new ones. But um, yeah, overall, I, I think it went it, it went pretty well. And as for the racing, you know, I I don't I think, as I said, when we were talking Keenan first, I don't get a, a ton of time to watch the racing. I certainly watched a little bit more uh, in Austria because I was doing quite a lot of marshalling because, again, a sort of side effect of the slightly lower numbers was Not there simply aren't as many people around to mm-hmm. ask for marshal spots if you need to rebuild your car or you know during the finals when you have to provide a marshal um i i enjoyed the racing um it was it was um i mean notwithstanding some of the criticisms of the format or the track i don't know i thought the racing itself was was great and uh of course uh was pleased to see uh davide um go so well which is great for him um and uh, I guess it's incumbent upon everybody else to, you know, raise their game to to knock him off, um, you know, each top spot, whether that be a, a, a heat or a or a final. So, um, yeah, I mean, overall, I, I enjoyed the racing that I saw. Joseph, uh, David, whose decision was it to do the F1 style starts? No, we always wanted to do it, but there was no room in Manila. Mm-hmm. I, but this track, you you were able to do it. So, I think it worked out okay. I mean, yes, it, it, no matter how you're going to do, you're still probably going to have uh, first corner pileups. But it was in the RCGP class, it was to a minimum, I would say. I know Ronafel got pushed back on the first, like on the first turn of the on Sunday, but I mean that's just normal racing period, even real full scale racing. I thought it was pretty yeah. cool. The hacking or takeouts or first lap mayhem. I think it's just a case of drivers having to adapt to a new system. It's not that the system doesn't work. It's that the drivers aren't doing mm-hmm. the right thing. Because in RC, because we aren't in the car, then drivers tend to kind of not really care too much if they crash or if they crash into someone else. Because they won't get hurt and they won't hurt anyone else either. So there's much less respect. That's where the whole CTO thing came about in my blogs back in the day. And the definition of CTO is when you just blatantly take someone out as if they don't exist. Like you have no respect for the car in front. And when drivers have that mentality, it's always going to be a mess. But when they learn respect, it's different. So. There are some drivers who drive that way. For example, Kyle McBride or Lee Martin. They they know how fast they are, but they adapt their speed to the car in front. They can make a clean pass. They do so. So also in a start, for example, when there are many cars there, when there's a gap, they go for it. When there's not, they play it safe. And that that results in clean racing. And exciting racing too, because it's like you—they pass you, then uh, you pass them back, and it—and it's all clean. So, so that's good. But then some other races, for example, Barufala at this race was in trouble quite a lot. 
a lot a lot of drivers were complaining about him and also Carnas. And the problem with them is that they lack this sort of men- mentality. Mm-hmm. They just think I'm fast and I can go through this section at this pace and I will. And they don't care if there's someone in the way. They they. Uh, I don't know if they assume that the other driver will do the same or if they just don't care. But either way, it just doesn't work and they need to change how they race or there'll be penalties at the next race, I'm sure. Yeah, was there There was a penalty issue to Marco. He had to start back on the, in the back of the grid or was that just assessed when he finished? How did they do, how did they do the penalty? I, I kind of missed that. Uh, there were just some time penalties given. Okay. But in my opinion, not enough. In okay. my opinion, it's like it's like in sports, in team sports, ice hockey, for example. The referee kind of sets the line. The players learn what they can get away with and what they can't get away with. So that so the referee kind of allows the game. To. And it's the same in our racing. If nothing gets a penalty, then certain drivers just drive through people. And then if those get a penalty, people complain. But if it's made clear that you get penalties, then everyone will back off a bit. And one good idea which was mentioned after the race was that we could have a system where if the same driver gets multiple penalties let's say three penalties then they lose uh, championship points so that could be a way where if you get two mm-hmm. penalties then you really going to pay attention because you won't want a third one if yeah that then means you lose championship points well i guess miles just gonna have to be more strict this race and and dish out more penalties it's just simple uh, can i say something about rc2 yes yeah. What I noticed in RC2 with more heads-up racing and particularly effectively rather short, I think typically an RC2 racer might expect a 10 or 15 minutes heads-up final at a race weekend. But they basically raced, was it four rounds of six minutes? And I, because I was marshalling one or two of those rounds, I think the early rounds, they struggled a little to get their head into the idea of a six-minute sprint heads-up race. But I think what I saw was that in sort of rounds three, four, or or later on, three, four, and then into the finals, that they had adapted and improved or changed their mentality. And the racing was a lot cleaner. I think maybe if they'd gone from, you know, timed practice or qualifying straight into the finals, the finals would have been the sort of shock to them because they'd be back to heads up racing. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, can we do more as an organization to help to improve the racing on track with rules or penalties or or whatever it may be? I think, of course, we can. Um, but I think also the drivers have to remember that, you know, heads up racing, be it at a normal race or at RCGP, requires a slightly different mentality, particularly if the races are shorter. You know, in, in a 15-minute H final, you, you have, you know, another 10, 11, 12 minutes to settle down and, and still do well in the race if you have a first lap or second or third lap incident when everybody's bunched up. You know, in a six-minute race, um, you know, you, you just don't have time to make up. So from an RC2 perspective, I think it was a little bit of a shock to the system for some of them. I, I mean, I didn't sort of ask them directly, but just sort of watching the races. But I feel like for the most part, uh, they adapted really well to to have some pretty pretty clean racing overall yeah <clears throat> i mean well this isn't the first time that barufalo barufalo has been accused of being rough uh i know it was a big complaint at dnc canas and yourself got in it or was it you and max canas and max got at it in manila um so maybe these guys need to be watched more carefully because it seems to be the same well okay well canas was in manila but it seems to be the same culprits committing the same penalties so i don't know maybe they need to be assessed more and watched more again with with reference to rcgp i I think it's a two-sided thing you know we need to do better Mm -hmm. as a organization with rules and penalties um you know and, and discussion ahead of the race and you know drivers need to take responsibility during the races and then hopefully any sort of review or conflict afterwards or or discussion afterwards will 
will be an absolute minimum because it's clear going in. People are uh, respectful during the race, but we, you know, we'll see. All we can do is try and, whether it's RC2 or RCGP, uh, you know, continue to make it clearer and easier. And then the on-track driving is, is, you know, an individual responsibility and a group responsibility. I think in Manila, Mao made an announcement saying you guys are the best in the world and, and you should drive like it. Mm-hmm. And, with that little, and with that little reminder, the following race was a, was a much cleaner race. Now, it remains to be seen um, whether that imp- you know, improved the spectacle or not, but I think it's incumbent upon everybody, you know, the organization as well as the individuals. So yeah. we'll, con- we'll continue to work you know, in, in that manner. Did, was there any penalty issued to, issue to Canas, Joseph? For his, uh, for his, what he did no, to you? No. Okay. Well, there should have been, but I guess there, there, there has to. I think there's gonna have to definitely be more focus on that in the next round. Uh, but enough about that. Speaking of Barufalo, he did do fairly well. It was a breath of fresh air. Boots being in the series was great, as well. Your Newman kind of didn't show up. I, I got to say this. One guy, Joe Zaire, said it great. He goes, how do you show up to RCGP with a rattle can paint job? Because I think Joran had a all-white uh, body. Uh, but Ruffalo is so fast, but he's just so wild. And he should, like he him himself and Gongaro race together. They look good. He's so good. Boots showed glimmers of... of brilliance as well mcbride i told you that mcbride was going to do good at this race because it's very similar to it seems like those rough australian tracks and he did good we had a mechanical failure on sunday i think it was or something um well he finished third on saturday with the second and the fourth Mm -hmm. and then sunday he finished fifth but i think he broke a shock okay or something like that still finished fifth yeah, good run for him. Max had a horrible weekend. <laughs> what happened to Max? Max started off good. His lap times were good. He had some good qualifiers, but he's just he just can't keep it together. He uh, yeah, he makes mistakes. Maybe he makes wrong choices regarding tire choice or setup for the finals. Or just something always goes wrong, and his tires came unglued. I think again. Really. Final. Yeah. So there's always something. Such he, a shame. He needs to. He needs to figure it out. Who stood out for you, Joseph? Who impressed you besides uh, besides who we just talked about? Who would you give a special mention to? I'd say that McBride was McBride was a bit better than I expected. Mm-hmm. And I say that because on Saturday he finished second, which was great. He also won a qualifying race. And on Sunday he was also on to, to now I don't actually know where he would have finished. But he was high up in the results. Let's actually check where he was during the race. So he had a problem. He ran out of fuel. And that was actually a problem for quite a few drivers. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but the runtime changed a lot. For me, for example, for me, I, in in qualifying, I did or practice, I did nine fifty. Then we had a shakedown before the final. I did eight fifty, and then I ran out in the main at seven twenty. I have no explanation for that. Maybe just too much in the throttle trying to catch people, adrenaline. I don't know because that it didn't feel much different. The, the engine didn't really feel it different mm-hmm. but anyway i got really lucky with the way i flamed out about 10 seconds or so because i flamed out on my way into the pits so i crossed the loop okay and i flamed out just as i was ent- or exiting the track so i just kind of rolled into not into pit lane just into that sort of separated area on the front straight okay and but but uh mcbride lost a lot more or he lost a minute or so yeah flamed out and okay, he, he was up to fourth. So he was he was up to fourth at one point. Looks like he, he crashed, was in seventh then. But he was sort of in the mix there. I just I guess I remember hearing him in fifth and fourth. 
So he was doing good, but then then he had a flame out, so that yeah. dropped him out. It was before the first pit stop. It looks like. How about you, David? Who did you uh, who did surprise you? Who impressed you that you thought wasn't going to impress you this this round? Well, I don't know about I. I don't think I gave any thought to who wouldn't impress me. But you can't fail but be impressed with Davide. Um, you know, to to come to a different style of track and be so successful yet again. Um, but I think beyond that, I think the three newcom uh, three newcomers did, uh, Jorn, Elliot, and Marco. You know, to to jump into something that was a little more familiar to the other drivers. Um, you know, sort of shows their their experience and their their class and skill. Um, if I don't know, I guess I I was disappointed for Max. I've I again marshalling or um, and a little bit of looking at the uh, streamed content. Um, you know, I don't know exactly what's going on, but I feel like um, he had the speed, but either due to a little bit of you know misfortune or a few unforced errors, um, I think he could have done better. So I guess those are my my RCGP uh, thoughts. Okay. How about disappointment? Uh, well, you kind of said you who was who disappointed you or who who you thought uh, I guess what I'm looking for is who you thought would do better and they didn't, Joseph. Uh, uh, well, I could name two. I could say I expected Robert to be better. Robert only finished tenth on Saturday. Yes, he did finish third on Sunday, but I mean he was a lap behind. So I. I I expected more, especially on this this sort of track. And then also, like David said, I, w I would have to say Max because he's a lot faster than what his results show. And I'm just waiting for him to to kind of have that race, the breakout race, where he, he performs to his potential. And that really hasn't happened yet. Okay. Yeah, I was disappointed in Max. Uh, I wanted Cole Ogden to do a little bit better. I mean, he, he the HB guys just kind of got hammered on the Saturday. He he did better than David, but he kind of didn't show up in the 60-minute main. So, uh, I don't know. Kyle McBride kind of lived up. If he didn't flame out, I thought he did. Uh, I thought he would have done a lot better. I, I think he was this track suited him. Barufalo surprised didn't surprise me, but yeah, he was fast, but then he did his normal Barufalo thing. I think the most impressive person to me, obviously Davide was impressive. I like I like how he's comfortable now in front of the mic, but I think the most impressive thing for me personally was Rana Falk coming from tenth from wherever he was uh, on the Saturday. Like where people were like, oh man, I've like people were hitting me up like, man, what's up with Runafalk? And I said, man, I don't know, it's just not not clicking. To come around and put it all back together mentally, and finish second on on the Saturday, on the Sunday, that was for me. That was like the ultimate professional like thing to do. That's why he's a world champion right there. You know, he gutted it out, and I, I it's kind of like that that qualifier at Silver State when. Sorry, just bringing this up. When Dagani was like not in the A main and like he wasn't doing well and his car wasn't running right and his, his, it was lean bugging and he just toughed out that qualifier to finish seventh overall in that round. Well, that's kind of like this, but on a bigger scale. Ranafalk just came, like got his, his mental game right and he came in on Sunday and he did well. I think that's the most impressive thing for me. Yeah, and I think only the top three on Sunday are, are the sort of drivers that are capable of doing that. Mm -hmm. So when things aren't going their way, they can still figure it out and and make the changes they need and and just drive the way they need to to get a good result. Don Garo, on the Falcon, but yeah, yeah, I, I think that's it. The other guys, they would just crash, make mistakes, get frustrated, you know, have a poor attitude, and they wouldn't do as well. But those three, they figure it out. Yeah, and you drove well too, Joseph. I mean, I really. I thought in that that the first main on Saturday, I was like, man, he's really he was in second, and Kyle McBride was way faster than you, but he waited patiently, patiently to you open, let the door open, and he got crushed. I can't remember exactly how he did, but then you and Canas the hole for I don't know how many laps, and then the last lap he took you. I know it was heartbreaking, but kudos to you, you drove really well. 
Your car looked good. Yeah, it was a shame. I mean, I would have finished third, maximum fourth. I mean, I was already with Kanas there. I was thinking, I'll just play it safe. You know, I just I don't want to get taken out. Well, and then what happened was that triple thing. I single doubled, and he doubled over me. And then I thought, okay, I'll just double and go wide. You know, to avoid him. So I double and go wide, and he launches the last single, lands on the concrete. Spins out and hits me head on. No way. So, all, yeah, all he needed to do, and I was way out by the outside pipe, you know, all he needed to do was just drive normally around the track and he would have been fine. Now he messed both of us up. Yeah. So that was frustrating. And then the next race, everyone drove clean and I just finished ninth. So I, now, because it's a championship and points are involved, of course, you know, you look at the points and you see what's going on. So, I mean, I, I basically lost the fifth overall there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, every so. race counts, but you're still. I think you're in, in in the points. You are in seventh overall. Yeah. Sunday. Sunday was okay. I, I, uh, yeah, like I said, I flamed out coming into the pits, ran out of fuel, and then when I left the pits, my pressure line broke. So maybe it broke there when they kind of grabbed grabbed the car and and fueled it up and put it out on track again. I don't know. But just a couple of laps after that, the engine felt weird, and I, I thought I had some sort of other problem, actually, but I just kept driving. But mm -hmm. turns out the pressure line broke, so my engine was super, super lean. So the rest of the final was, yeah, it was quite hard to drive. I was just in survival mode. Yeah. All right. Good stuff, good stuff. Uh, let's touch on RC2 briefly. Leo Leonardo Velante, he dominated. Hampus Berg came second. Pele, I was expecting more out of Pele. He had he's he's not have since he since he won in Manila, he had a bad Euro warm-ups. He didn't have a really good Saturday race. Uh, because that was new for you guys as well. But Hampus and who was it? Who was the guy who came in third? Was he from Sweden as well or something like that? No, he's a local. Okay. That was Nalukovi, who I even mentioned in our pre-race uh, podcast. Okay. What? How so did you feel? Did look at well. uh, Valente just dominated, man. Yeah, he was really fast. I mean, he was. He could have done well in the RCGP class. Yeah, that's how fast he was. Yeah. How old is he now? He's got to be what, almost eighteen, I guess now. Yeah, something like that. I think seventeen, eighteen. Yeah, he hasn't. I mean, I think he did well. He just haven't seen him, seen much of him. I know he's been racing a lot in Italy, but wow, he was completely, he was fast. And Hampus was good too. Hampus is is definitely getting better. Uh, he's he's putting in a lot of work. Pele, unfortunately, I think he finished fourth overall. Yeah, he broke on Saturday. Ah, uh, okay. That hurt his chances. Yeah, but I thought it was but great then. Where did he finish Sunday? Wasn't he fourth there? Uh, I think he finished fourth on Sunday. That's what I was talking about. Yeah, yeah. RC2 was great, man. So now they go on to Asti. Uh, oh, and I want to say congratulations to Adam Freakery. Freakery. Uh, Freakery. <laughs> yeah, I kept saying wrong. You know, uh, I, I saw a comment on, uh, on Facebook saying that RCGP is for affluent families. Well, there's there's proof right there in the pudding that these guys flew all the way from Malaysia. They went on the RC trip of a lifetime. They, you know, first time for, I think, Adam going to Europe. They got to go. They got to see a whole different type of culture and racing, a whole different culture, period. They had fun. I think he ended up finishing ninth overall no he finished 10th overall but finished ninth in the uh i can't remember and then he got third in the junior class i believe or second runner-up so congratulations to them i really enjoyed the rc2 class it was great um keep it up now we move on because this is a series so they have to uh well the they get to race again in in, in asti as well that's right that's the beautiful thing about all of this. So, I guess we're going to... What, what, what's quite cool, I think, is even, you know, the, the administrative team are mm -hmm. 
you know, sort of becoming more of a team. But what yes. was really cool, really cool uh, in Austria was seeing faces, the one or two faces, well, quite a lot of faces for RCGP, but one or two faces um, for RC2 who are doing a couple of rounds or three rounds. You know, mm -hmm. there's a little bit of a spirit and a community forming already about the, the sort of whole journey through all the races, which yes. is which is a lot of fun. And, um, you know, hopefully a few more people can do two or three races or two races this year and, you know, certainly next season you know the same thing and and <coughs> excuse me you know not only will there be more racing and that sort of thing but yeah maybe you know m make a few friends because you bump into them and at rcgp at each race and then uh yeah you know friends online and all the rest of it yeah i also forgot I, i'm really looking forward to the post race show because i saw you guys had nicola from hot race there and he did a a seminar i guess on tires I thought that was pretty cool. I, I'm coming. I'm going back. I really love the kids being there. I thought them if they're if they're air horns. I thought that was great. And one thing, one picture stood out of my mind out of all of this. I, I saw a lot of pictures from this this track from this race. And almost every picture I saw, people were having were smiling. They were having fun. Uh, I think uh, actually, sorry, there's two pictures that stood out in my mind. Two was the the two brothers who put on the race. They were like really happy, like hugging each other in one picture. And then the final picture that I saw was like the group of the team from RC Racing TV, as well as uh, the race director, all the team that's putting this together, yourself, Joseph, Max, you were all under the finish line. Everybody was smiling. Everybody looked happy. A picture speaks a, a thousand words. And to me, that spoke. This was fun. It went smoothly as we wanted to go, as we wanted it to go. And we're looking forward to the future. That's what it said to me. Yeah, I mean, well, we had a really positive host, you know, for this race, and mm. there was no negativity in the air, so everyone was doing their best, and it created for a fun atmosphere and a good race. Yeah. I even saw you smiling in some pictures, David, even though I know you was busy. Well, I tried for there not to be any pictures, so the fact that I was smiling, Chris must just have deleted the, the ones where I was grumpy i suppose <laughs> but i think i think your thing about the kids is important i mean we had a tiny news article in the local paper um we had a the mayor i think or some sort of um local towns people attended uh, a very small and sort of informal opening ceremony that we had on saturday morning um the school kids came and of course in manila we had you know product support from Markoff. And the RCGP website now, I, I looked at it this morning, I didn't count, but it looks like 20 to 30, maybe even 40 clubs have uh, registered yes. on, the, on the site. very so important. You know, th there's so many things going on, but, you know, yes, the format was a little different because of the low entry, but we focused on trying to provide good racing for everybody. I appreciate not everybody will see it like that, you know, frustrated with the format or getting taken out and so forth. But it wasn't like we're trying to do things to annoy people we're only trying to do things that we think will be um you know enjoyable so hopefully people enjoyed it then of course there's the the media team who are even slicker and, mm -hmm. and better uh i think at round two because they'd had a little experience of course from round one which links us to you know the outside world i'm disappointed um i think you know that people say they can't find us again we have to do better at um you know um marketing ourselves and, and people have to come look but also i think you know the final piece is um you know is this this whole outside the industry thing and okay a tiny article in the local paper and some school kids is not an expansion of the industry but it's something it's mm -hmm. it's a start and uh you know if, if we can have the same if we can avoid the mistakes that were made in manila and avoid the mistakes that were made in austria when we go to italy and we can have a similar amount of, you know, improvements and happy photographs and decent comments, then it'll be, uh, and, and some stability, of course, um, you know, in, in sort of the schedule and the race format and hopefully the numbers attending, then it'll be, a, you know, it'll be another step forwards. And um, we are, despite what people think, and uh, we are doing our best. And, and I think perhaps some of the negative comments should really consider the broader team, the clubs, the media personnel, um, mm -hmm. you know, 
and and think about the effort and time and professionalism they're putting into it yes before just screaming and shouting that rcgp is is this that and the other because goodness gracious me um this takes a little bit of doing even to get it wrong takes some doing yeah but, but trying and always continually trying to do it right is is a massive amount of hard work by all sorts of people all of whom we are grateful to and appreciate um so apologies if i've forgotten to to mention anybody and I, I don't know if we're wrapping up i think we might be but that would be my thoughts overall between rounds well manila and, and austria and and where we are at the moment and, and you mentioned sort of post-production stuff yeah keep keep your eyes open because um there's a lot more to come um videos and features and 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 so forth which uh we're hoping everybody will enjoy yeah i think people are a bit too fast to judge also because this is only the first season and if you look at other just individual races the first event they pull off isn't you know often a great success it takes a few years to build up a race well, we are doing a number of races in in the first year, and just in our first season, after two races, first of all, we've pulled off two events and four races, and arguably the best media coverage out there when it comes to streaming and post production. If you want to argue, you can't say that it's not at least as good as the best. Mm -hmm. I think everyone can agree with that. And not only that, we also have uh, uh, included in that all the graphics overlays during yep. the races and then the website we have and all the points and the race reports and, and uh, driver bios and teams and all this stuff we have there. And then at the events themselves, uh, they, the teams look more professional than at your typical RC race, the track and presentation of the whole event is more professional than than at most events so i think for a first year effort it's already pretty good even if you don't take into account anything other than that yeah well rome wasn't built in one day man and it takes time and it takes fine tuning i'm pretty sure ifmar when they first started they had the same issues that you guys are going through Everybody told them it wasn't going to work and whatnot. My thing to all these people who say, oh, it's good, but it's not going to work. It's not going to change anything. I say to you, why not? So all these naysayers and negative people, no, it's cool. I guess you, everybody has their opinion. But I don't, hey, I, I encourage anything that promotes RC and helps things make better. I think we should all be behind that. It's good to hear that the affiliate club program is filling up. If you guys do have a club or track, that you do want to join the affiliate program put it on there because that the whole point is to get the the people to know where your tracks and clubs are so if when the new people come in they know where to go i think the time that rcgp will uh truly grow fast is when the industry realizes that that we're here to stay mm -hmm. and that we aren't against them that we're actually working with them because the only way to grow the industry is to work together. Yeah. And when that happens, uh, I think we will see a lot of growth. It will just take, you know, a second season of success. Going into a third season, I think even the more sort of stubborn companies in the industry will see that, that RCGP is here to stay and it's not a negative force. Yeah, I actually did see one company post up uh, this week that aren't in the series. AE posted up the race result from Vivangaro. I'm pretty sure they're happy. They're top eight scale drivers doing well in the series and, and making headlines. So pay attention, AE. Join up next year. That's what I'd say to you, in my opinion. But good stuff, man. I enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to Asti. I'm looking forward to the post-production as well. And I want to thank you guys for your time. Congratulations to all that were involved in this race in Austria, all the, the brothers who owned the track, um, <clears throat> Mao, everybody that put in the work. I can't remember. What's the, the gentleman name who does all the 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 race? He's uh, Stefan. Is his name Stefan? Yes, Stefan. Yeah. He's doing a, an amazing job. Congratulations to RC Racing TV. They did a great job. And kudos, man. I thought it was a great event. And I am 
looking forward to Asti. And what's the date for Asti again? Second to fourth of August. So it's, it's the not, first weekend of August. It's not too far away. It's the middle. It's almost the middle of of June now. So should be good. Should be great. And con and congratulations to you guys. It's uh you're doing a good thing. We're trying. Thank you, Keenan. All right. Thank you for your time, and uh, I'll talk to you later. Thank you, Joseph. Thank you. This concludes our podcast for this week. Thank you for tuning in to The Starting Grid, the official podcast of the RCGP World Series. And thank you all for the support. Thank you for the continued support in the No Name RCE podcast as well. We cannot do it without all the listeners. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Please like and share. I believe the post show for the RCGP uh, series will be coming out maybe next week. I do know that Matt and Nick are at... Uh, in Slovakia, covering the touring car Euros. So I bet they're pretty busy. But hey, we got another race coming up in August. First weekend of August in Asti, Italy. Track looks great. Be prepared. I think the coverage is going to even be even better as they're getting better per race. And we look forward to the announcement of the US race coming up soon, I hope. All right, guys. Talk to you later. Enjoy your Enjoy your weekend of racing and please like and share and thank you for the continued support. Oh, he's upside down! He's upside down! <laughs>